Except Chris, you know what the joke is? Is that there is no opening crawl because we're talking about the Mandalorian. What's up, bitches? This is Talking TV. I'm Dom, <laughs> the movie nerd. I'm back with Chris. What's going on, guys? Happy oh, to be here. Please as tell always. me. You know, you know what? You know what my New Year's resolution is? My New Year's resolution is is that we need a nickname for you. I know you don't like it. We said it on the last episode, but we're gonna do it. I'm the movie nerd. Almost all my friends have like some sort of internet nicknames. You know, we're gonna find one for you. You've been doing YouTube for too long now. You need one. I'm sorry. It's just a thing that happens on the internet. All right. Well, we'll think about it. We'll, we'll think, think about it. it. I want it to be like my TV, my talking TV podcast we'll, we'll, we'll persona. We'll find a way to work it in. We'll find a way to work it in. Chris I'm, of I'm Wall gonna Street. Up with this stuff. Or We'll come up with it. But so, um, what's it called? First of all, before we actually get into the what we're talking about, um, it's a little bit of a repeat episode, but I just wanted to say that, again, tying in everything, um, so we're talking about a season finale on our season finale for Talking TV. Guys, this is the official final episode for the first season what that up? aired in 2019. That's right. Yeah. End of a year, end of a decade, in order to beginning of a new one. I want friggin... 11 more seasons of this. Screw 10 seasons. Screw six seasons in a movie. Screw 10 seasons. I want freaking 12 seasons of this shit. Well, I want to go We're at least contracted for seven. Exactly. I want to so. go longer than friends. I want to fucking... I don't quite want to go to the level of like, it's always sunny, but it, it's always sunny is kind of a unique conundrum in and of itself, but I don't want to jump the shark. I don't want to go like Family Guy or Simpsons where they're just repeating shit over and over again. As long as it's fresh, I will do it, but I want at least 12, and I think that this upcoming decade is going to give us a decent amount to talk about, and yeah. I, I think so, and, and you know what I think? I would say let's not really put... A definite pin on it the only thing i definitely want to like stick a pin on and and like you know hang it up for everyone to see is like a sincerest like thank you fr from us to you guys for listening we've had a surprisingly larger amount of views across these 16 episodes than we could have ever of imagined it's literally only been three months guys so no. the fact that you're all tuning in it, like dom was saying he's talking 12 episodes with 12 seasons which is 12 years because we are fired up and we couldn't be any more grateful oh, yeah. so so thank you guys so much for a checking out this podcast and b just like consuming it like it's wildfire like, to do the thank math. you if, so if, much i'm trying to do the math if we do that right that means that it'll that'll put us into 20 that'll put us into the 2030s that'll put us past the 2020s that'll put us into the 2030s we'll be 40 years old and still doing this bro i'm down Look, for as long as are. these guys are still with us i'm i'm, bro, I'm, I'm gonna down. do it for I'm as, as long as possible I, I mean i don't get me wrong i love the viewers the the viewer the viewers the listeners are amazing i we can't thank you guys enough for continuing to come back and giving us those hard views, I get it. It's an hour. We're asking a bit much. We're asking a bit much, you know. Take it. It's one thing to take to take, you know, like four or five minutes out of your day to watch a quick YouTube video. We're asking at least an hour of you guys out of the day. But the fact that you were doing that, thank you for that. But for me, it's always, always been about the content. As long as the content is fresh and there's stuff to talk about, we'll be here talking on Talking TV. Boom. How is that for wordplay? I think that was great, and so, so basically, don't worry, we'll be here as we'll long as here. you guys are here. We're all going to keep having fun together. Now, something that I think I'm going to have a lot more fun talking about than I did watching is today's episode. Dom, why don't you tell everyone exactly what we're going to be getting oh, into today man, on the podcast? See, I thought that we were actually going to have a nice follow-up. This is why we should have put Watchmen as our series, as our season finale. Sorry, I got to oh, keep getting those terminologies <laughs> mixed up. It's all good. This is why we should have put Watchmen, because, Chris, you informed me that... You definitely have a lot more positive thoughts about the season finale of The Mandalorian, which aired this morning. Chapter 8, Redemption, directed by Taika Waititi and written by Jon Favreau. And yeah, Chris, why, why, why don't you bring us into this? Because, you know, you're kind of... It's been your opinion. Like, don't get me wrong. We all know Chris doesn't like Disney. You know, I can't blame him I, for what they're doing as a company. I can't exactly blame him. I kind of can't stand what they're doing. Anybody that owns a third of any industry, I'm sorry, monopolies, not a cool thing. They happened in nah, the 20s, not back cool. when really nobody else could stop them. Because hundred years thing. ago, you think Antitrust we learned, but laws, what goes around comes around. Yeah, antitrust laws weren't what they were, but at the very least, we can count on the fact of, guess what? If you own everything it means you're not going to be able to deliver all the time because that's what happens when there's only one person. That's why dictators fall. Because right. at the end of the day, whether there's a rebellion or whether they just cr get crushed under the weight and the pr under the pressure, power corrupts, but it also eats away at you. So keep that in mind, Iger. Just remember that. Yeah, Iger. Now listen, here's the thing. I don't hate 
certain titles on IP on Disney's uh, that Disney owns like their IP. What I hate is like all all that you just described. Their 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 uh, consumption and control and almost dictatorship of the market. So I hate it from more of like a, a social economical standpoint. But like there are IPs that I love. Like Zootopia is is in my top ten favorite movies of all time. So don't think I hate Disney. It's just that I'm not gonna be the guy who's gonna drink the Kool Aid and think everything they do is amazing just because they're like marketing it with a some like bullshit social platform that you can't escape from everywhere you look by anyone in entertainment. Not that I don't agree with those platforms. Maybe I do. I keep my politics to myself. That's one reason. And two, it's just like, okay, cool. Like it's visually stunning and it looks good, but how's the writing? How's the cinematography? You know, I just think like we've lost those questions. So that's why like, yeah, I'm, no I'm normally not tooting the horn of Disney, but I honestly have some pretty decent things to say about The Mandalorian, uh, you know, a lot nicer than I did about what we all did, I think, about, um, you know, the, uh, what yeah, was the name of that fucking episodes. shit movie? I forget the name at this point, because I've just brain dumped oh, how bad uh, that the film was. The, the shitbox of writing that was from the writer of Batman vs. Superman, the movie that I've already forgotten, because I already blocked I, it from I my brain. I honestly can't remember the name, because I've blocked it. Because it even exists, uh, you know, all that stuff. We don't need to talk about that, but... <laughs> but two weeks say, ago, I episode i will be a little nicer about that yeah, now dom why so, don't you like crack the egg on this one no watchman pun intended ooh, and uh and, and dive us in and like let's take the first step into actually discussing like the mandalorian finale and then the season as a whole yeah so this is a little bit of a new territory for us because i think this is the first time that we've revisited a subject matter within i would say a certain amount of weeks yeah. you know i'm excited of, of, for this format of because of course I, I would say that um one of our more popular episodes was when we covered the premiere of the mandalorian in, uh, what's it called? When it aired Tuesday, November 12th, if I'm remembering the date correctly. And uh, what's it called? I, I'd say we, we both had different feelings on the pilot when it first aired. I enjoyed it. Um, you did not. And you're, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Irreverence for it. I would say grew steadily over time. And now that yeah. we've, and here we are eight episodes later. And here's what I'm going to say about it first is that Filoni and Favreau, what they've been able to craft is I would say, A, what we should have gotten before even The Force, rather than The Force Awakens. You know, overall, in terms of branching out and expanding upon the Star Wars universe. It may not always have been done in ways that we would have realized, but now that we're, you know, but you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, and now that we're on the opposite end of it, what I'm going to say is this. Filoni, having sat through, now, not just one, but two full animated series that he's done. You know, he did Clone Wars for Cartoon Network, and then he followed it up with Rebels, um, on Disney XD. Um, overall, I'd say that I don't want to necessarily say I have not gotten a chance to watch Rebels yet, unfortunately, so I can't really comment on that. But from what I've heard, I understand that while Clone Wars is amazing for what it was able to do in terms of, uh, again, getting the subject matter across and flushing out that era of Star Wars in a way that I would say the prequels were largely unsuccessful doing don't get me wrong the prequels had some dark moments in them but in terms of like but they, they were still relatively kiddie I would say the only prequel that hedges much more so towards the adult is Revenge of the Sith but what Filoni did with Clone Wars specifically with the later seasons I'd say second half of season 3 through season 6 the one that aired on Netflix did for me things that with Star Wars that I never knew that I was good that I never knew that I wanted and never knew that I would just watch and you know impossible because I never read any of the expanded stuff I never played any of the video games for me it was the six original movies and the six prequels and that was it and then when I started watching Clone Wars in sixth grade I thought it was good I really enjoyed it and that was probably the best age to start watching it is at 11 12 years old and I really wish that I could have kept going because I feel that would have been a really awesome transition as I matured throughout high school if I'd had that show with me because that show continued until my sophomore year of high school and I watched it last year and it was absolutely incredible some of the stories that I saw and Rebels, I heard, did something similar. And now that we've gotten through one season of The Mandalorian, I'll say that while the structure of the show is very similar to the structure that he utilized in both Clone Wars and Rebels, having... Um, what's it called? Not necessarily uh, one main central story, but rather having it be as a set of kind of mini stories against the backdrop of the overall larger conflict and utilizing our knowledge of Star Wars, of the Star Wars universe at the specific sects of history that he sets each one, you know, Clone Wars between Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith and Rebels. Um, you know, right before New Hope, I think Rebels ends like only a couple months before the events of Rogue One. And now with um, Mandalorian, which takes place, you know, roughly just right after Return of the Jedi, kind of beginning to cover the trek of the 30 years between Return of the Jedi and Force Awakens. Um, and what I have to say is that, again, while we weren't exactly sure what we were getting going in, you know, because this is not only just new territory for Filoni, his first live action property, but this is also new prop territory for Disney, you know, opening their own streaming service. And I have to say that for what I got, 
I now that I understand what it is the show is going to be and what it is going to be going forward, I have to say I was very impressed, especially considering compared to, you know, overall just cohesively apparent that Favreau and Filoni clearly knew what they were doing and clearly had this planned out, unlike one Kathleen Kennedy. But yeah, that's my overall thoughts on it. Chris, take it from here. Yeah, so I can see why you would say that, but but here's where I'm coming from. And so I'm actually like, I'm thankful that we do this podcast for many reasons, but but the main reason really is because, you know, when you have to critique something and analyze things while you're watching it, because you know you're going to do an episode on it, you sort of like can take the blinders off and step out of the whole nostalgia factor when it comes to things like Star Wars and, and maybe, you know, um, like, uh, for example, I know that like when the new Ghostbusters comes out next year, that's I'm, I'm not going to have those blinders on. And that's like a very big title I grew up with. So that that's one nice thing about watching this show. And so with that being said, I've learned a lot about why TV is is a my favorite source of media to consume and and b i've actually like been able to fine-tune even further the type of television i like and it is not this structure it is not this formula that the mandalorian has given us for a long time i was very off-put by television solely because of the fact that what i had been exposed to prior and i'm talking about like when i was like a little kid a very little kid you know because I, I actually started off in my my like you know single digit years and early teen years being a movies guy watching movies because I didn't know that there was more to television than just like your classic law and order format where the, the person gets gets killed in the beginning and you watch the two detectives inevitably uncover the killer at the end I was like wow so people watch this exact thing in like 400,000 different ways I'm exaggerating but you know what I mean and so to see that in this universe from this company that owns 33% of the entertainment industry with unlimited resources just felt lazy it just felt lazy it felt it felt like hey we have to make a Star Wars television show because a we bought the IP for four billion dollars i think it was and we're launching our first streaming service so we have to have flagship shows because this is the new world of 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 media not 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 just television or movies this is the new world of media right the cable channel is becoming antiquated but what's happening now is your streaming services are the new cable so what did channel 2 have uh, back in the day they had king of queens which was their flagship show so now disney has to have their flagship shows and and i'm sorry but like if this is what they can produce with all the money and resources they have i'm not on board i uh, just simply am not on board so i guess my question for you because again i understand everything where you're coming from but again we, we've talked about this a lot before how sometimes it can be very easy to conflate your anger I, i'll say at disney with the overall quality of the show and i'll admit for a first season of television it's not and now that now that i've sat through the first eight episodes it's not the greatest thing that i've seen since sliced bread i'll admit if this does make top 10 tv shows of the year which i'm still considering it it will largely be more so because of what it accomplishes i would say for a lot of different mediums and more so the cultural impact than the overall quality of the show i'll admit what I have does done it that accomplish before. in your I, eyes i am i am guilty of that but for me what i feel this accomplishes is and i'll admit a large part of that is because of, of how much Disney has fucked up with the movies. I will admit a large part of that is because. So I feel like if the movies had actually done their goddamn jobs and been the awesome planned out sequel trilogy wrap up to this whole universe that we would have gotten that I don't think we would be having this conversation at all. But clearly that's not the case. So here we are. So again, it, it's this conversation that we had before where it sucks that we have to expect mediocrity. But when the company that owns 33% of the industry has so far only churned out mediocrity, I'm sorry, I'm not going to be the one guy that just gets pissed off at everything just because I'm not getting what I want. You know, that's not part of what being a critic is being a critic. I, I, and again, I feel like that's a large part of what a lot of these internet critics, these wannabe critics, I'm going to call them, have gotten confused, is they've gotten, and because again, it's a large part of them are just fans of the skies, they have confused what it is that they want to see from media, and we're also talking about a majority of people who don't act, who, again, I'm not even talking a matter of going to film school, because newsflash, you don't need to have gone to film school in order to be able to study film and its structure and how films work. So many of the people that I see on YouTube are fucking doing cool shit on YouTube, and they've never once done film school. They've looked it up and learned. And for those people, I give them all the credit. But what here's my problem, is that all of these wannabe critics online are bitching and whining and complaining about... Uh, again, I can't stand Alan Moore going back to our Watchmen episode, but it's my problem with Alan Moore. I can't stand people who are bitching and whining and complaining about what it is that they want. They're not the ones that are making it. And yeah, it sucks. That it's fucking Disney and all the money, all the resources, all the power in the world. And it sucks that they're not delivering something that I would say is overall great. But all that being said, 
for my money, again, it's not the greatest thing in the world, but I enjoyed what I got. I enjoyed what I got. I understood the structure. I understood what it is that the show is going for. And I understand its potential for the future. Now, granted, we don't have that yet. We don't know what this is going to be like two, three, four seasons down the road. Who knows? By the time we get there, I could be exactly in your position where I'm like, fuck this shit. This is just boring, meaningless, meandering. This is going nowhere. And there is no sort of end game in mind, right? That being said, how many first seasons have we seen had to play it safe because they didn't know whether they were going to get a second season. Parks and Recreation, which I have said is one of my favorite shows, has fucking literally, Amy Poehler said this on the 10-year panel that they said, they thought they were going to get canceled at the end of every single goddamn season. The Wire battled getting canceled for years, and that's regarded as the greatest show of all time. Again, each of those first seasons, looking back in hindsight, we understand that those first seasons in great shows are fantastic, looking back in hindsight. But again, hindsight is 2020. At the time, when those first seasons are airing, how often do you have a hit on your hands within the first season? Answer, almost never. You know, Sopranos, one in a million. Lost, Answer, one in a million. Watchmen. Breaking Bad, one in a million. Watchmen, one in a million. <laughs> Game of Thrones, one in a million. Again, it just so happens that they all happen to be cohesive. And again, they happen a lot more frequently in our lifetime because of the advanced technology. But with that being said, I'm not willing to write it out. And again, we've also had this discussion before. Where oh, I'm not writing it out. No, I I'm know, just... but, but I'm just saying in terms of the antithesis kind of to your argument, which is where you were saying you're not going to buy into it just because everyone else has their blinders on. You're right. You're 100% right. That is exactly how you should be thinking. But I guess where I'm coming from is I already have that understanding of what Disney is. But that being said, they are still capable of making good stuff. You even said it yourself, Zootopia, Rogue One. Again, oh, looking, Rogue, Rogue One is in my top three like Star Wars fl- films. Again, yeah. more and more a fluke in hindsight. How the fuck that movie managed to be good? Not only good, but my favorite Star Wars movie out of this new batch of Disney Star I- Wars. I'm actually movie, excited for a spinoff yeah, show. It's amazing in hindsight. Looking looking back, that I can still enjoy that movie with all the shit that we've had to sit through. Now, but now, now, so let me just because I like. But real quick, just to finish my point, I guess what I'm going to say is that I'm still going to enjoy the stuff and recognize quality stuff when I see it. And I'm also not going to write something off just because it's only one season. Yeah, no, I mean, I need you to understand that I'm not writing anything off. But I've, as for as many movies as you've seen this year, I did a count. I watched 34 di- different seasons of television this year, 12 of them being shows that came out for the first time this year. And I got to say, all of them... I think were a little more bold and daring and had more of a voice, more of like a message that was clear and 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 found than The Mandalorian. And so when I was making my list for our upcoming episode, our top 10 television shows of, of 2019. Can't wait for that episode, by the way. Tune in for that. We still have to figure out the dynamite. order, but can't wait for that. The we first couple episodes out the of season order. two are going to be, yeah. But but it's going to be a dynamite episode. And, and so I've been thinking about this, and I've been thinking about this conversation because this is sort of like one of the, the, the few TV conversations we're going to have before that episode. So in preparation, I've been thinking about this, and it's like... I, I could easily also have an anger against Netflix. They've sucked up and owned a bunch of, of the industry as well. And, and you know, their original shows seem to get more hype than, let's say, Amazon or Hulu. But it's it's not that, like, I have, like, this disdain or this, like, you know, bitter taste for a certain company. I'm not happy about the fact that, like, Disney owns 33% of the entertainment industry. But I'm not happy because our government is, is probably being bought out and not doing anything about it. And that's a different podcast. So I just want people to understand yeah, that. I was about to say, now we're getting like, into like shit that like Joe Rogan talks about. But I'm telling you that that's why I'm mad about it. It's not because of the it's not because of what they're making, but it's just like if okay, if you're going to get away with that, if you're going to like, you know, steal from steal from uh, under us and shake our hand while you're doing it, at least make something good. I mean, let me tell you right now, when I heard and this is a music term, but when I heard hip hop hi-hats in a Star Wars score, uh, I think it was like episode 5 or 6 or something in the Probably Mandalorian. Probably episode 5 if I had to guess. The worst episode of the season, which I will give you. Episode five is hot garbage but i could not have been any more infuriated by that i mean that is not that is just like respect for i I think there was a lack of respect for the source material in this series and i also think that it's just like it felt very rushed like the, the set design felt poor the color grade everything just felt like it was a different tone of brown or gray and i'm not saying it had to be all bright and colorful it's it's a 
dark story for it's a safe dark story it's disney so there's always a level of safety to it but it's dark in its own right but it's just like i don't i don't know i mean when i see all these people like freaking out about it and like loving it like my musician friends not not critics or like my artistic friends i'm like but you're artists like you make good art you produce good art like take those blinders off now i don't want to say that this was bad because the last two episodes really changed my opinion where i will go on record right now and tell you that when we had our conversation today in in preparation for this uh, this uh, episode tonight i said to you hey man with with some consideration this might actually make it to the lower part of my top 10 because these last two episodes were dynamite they were they were dynamite episode seven directed by deborah chow which uh, i can't wait to see but i'm worried because i hope that those weren't a flash in the pan but you see what i'm trying to say like I'm trying to really do what I think no one else can fucking do. Sorry to curse. Can do about Star I was about Wars. To say, this is not the first fucking and time we've done that on this podcast. I, I just don't want to like you know like you know I, I curse all the time on this podcast, but I feel like I'm actually being like super serious right now, so I don't want to dilute that. And with that being said, like I'm just trying to fucking look at it from a different standpoint that also is just genuine and it just annoys me that no one else agrees with me i guess i just annoyed no one else agrees with me because like why don't you see what i see i get it and a large part of that is because again just in terms of speaking from our generation when we talk about disney we're fighting a whole different kind of battle here because this is not just another media product we're talking about a media company that besides owning 33 percent of the industry we're talking about a media company that for the most part has control over our entire fucking generation. Literally back to Walt Disney back in the day. Yeah, the great mouse originator himself Mm -hmm. literally studied children's dreams. Had psychiatrists study children's dreams so that they could design the cartoon characters back in the day in a way that would be palatable for children because, again, that is Disney's focus. It's why they're so hesitant on taking risks That's because true? at the end of the day... I'm 100%. Wow. I learned that in my pop culture class back at Duchess. Okay. Again, fucking just shows to, goes to show you what Duchess has given us, but... Um, <laughs> Good education, yeah, I guess. Teamed That's... up with Ray Kroc, again, the founder of McDonald's, too, uh, and you wonder why those two companies seem to control everything, huh. but... Oh, wow. yeah. No oh, yeah. fucking Walt way. Disney, Ray Kroc, do all, the, do all the research. They were best buddies back Look in the day. Look at that. I never thought I'd get a history yeah, lesson I'm in The Mandalorian. I'm kind of but... shocked that they didn't mention that in the found, that founder movie, the came out with Michael Keaton a few years ago, but... Please continue. Yeah, where were you going with all that? so the whole thing that I'll say is that, again, when we're just to bounce off that point, we're talking about an entire generation that Disney is basically enslaved. Now, I guess the fact (laughs) that... uh, Because, again, we're not talking about... Uh, again, you talk about the blinders. We're talking about an entire generation who those blinders, it's not just a matter of blinders. We're talking shit that's been ingratiated in their brains. When they see the trailer, people. I'm talking people ranging from about... Again, our age to a little bit younger to about 30. Again, they see the trailer for those live action. They know it's bullshit. They know it's going to be fucking bullshit. But, again, they see that. They're not thinking, oh, I'm going to see that because that looks cool. They're thinking, oh, my God, Lion King. That's all they're thinking, you know? That's what I'm saying. And now you add Star Wars to that? They're yeah. not thinking, the oh, force this is strong cool. In that situation, in go. that regards. You know? But it's just like... All right, so, and they're like, and, and on top of that, they're like, oh, it's not the movies. I, I, you know what, I needed to hear that because I, I can recognize that point, and you know what, I agree with that point. I'm still gonna feel the way I feel, but that I guess that I'm still gonna, you know, be like, why don't you guys see what I see? But you know what, I, I like that because that's what makes me unique. And with that being said, let's actually like move on to sort of like really dissecting this show and I think like maybe these last two episodes because there was a lot that I liked yeah. okay yeah me too I, for the longest time I've been longing for the small scale glimpse into the world of Star Wars that you get from games like Knights of the Old Republic right. 1 and 2 and and even like the most recent Star Wars game which I'm playing right now which is is very good and it's 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 all small scale you're like a, a fly on the wall in this larger universe so I actually think that this show Paints that picture really well. Very well. Again, it's a way, I would say, in a way, giving us what the what these new movies almost tricked us. Because I'm not going to lie. Between Force Awakens and Rogue One, I was tricked into thinking that the movies were going to tackle that. Kind of expanding the Star Wars universe. Obviously, I didn't know back in 2015 and 2016 what it is I know now about Disney and just what the trajectory of movies have to do as opposed to what TV can do, what they can accomplish in terms of mediums. But, with that being said... 
I'm very glad that we have this show in terms of being able to tackle that sect in a way that the movies, unfortunately, looking back now in hindsight, now that we've sat through these past five movies, were A, never going to do, and B, I don't even know if they were able to do it. No, they couldn't. I would, say the, I would say the closest that we got, because even Rogue One had that bombastic third act, you know, and was so tightly related to an event from the original Star Wars, and again, the closest we got was Solo, and look at right. how that did. And that tanked. And so, I'm glad that now IG, the IG character from the classic trilogy isn't just like, isn't just like his own singular character. It's like, oh, that's, cool, that that was an IG droid. So that's how they act, and now we're seeing another IG droid. And so each each IG droid has its own like unique personality trait. Obviously, we got to learn a little bit more about the one that we just had in this past show, uh, R.I.P. But I will say, like seriously. that Spoiler that alert. that is cool to me because that kind of adds an enrichment to the original original trilogy right seeing mandalorians now i can look at boba or Django, which i always i think it's Django. it's Django was and is, i believe is the man and i look he was in the mandalorian but just to like and, and so like and so like i can see him now as he was in the original trilogy and be like okay cool so he was playing his own unique version of a Mandalorian, but he was also staying true to the the clan, the tribe, whatever you want to call it that he was a part of. The creed. And so the creed. And so for that, I appreciate it. Another thing I also appreciate about this show is is you can have big Star Wars action moments on a small scale. Like for example, that last like um uh it was like, you know, the show is obviously derived from the Western structure. Yes. So we, we that, said that from the pilot. What do they call those the Mexican standoffs yes. where they're like he's waiting outside with like only like an army of fifty well, stormtroopers. If I'm remember the, the, ter- the specific terminology is with the Mexican standoff is it's like it's a one on one, right? Like the one, one on one either multiple people where they're all holding guns and the suspense comes from waiting to see who's gonna shoot first again. We did that when we shot our short yeah. again I, when I was ripping off Sergio Leone but, with the close of the eyes. But that scene was cool because it's very much so like the the bandits roll at the town on their horses and everyone's like in their houses. The uh, you know the dust balls are rolling across and they, and they clearly pin down the one building the person they wants in. And so they 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 added a moment of suspense that that felt huge because there's like a child involved. So when there's a child involved, the stakes are always higher because you know you do get attached to Baby Yoda. I don't think as much as the memes and and propaganda promotional social media posts make you feel, but you still nonetheless he's a child in a universe that he did not ask to be a part of and so you feel for him and so I think that this show did a lot of that right I just think it took a long time to get there you know what I'm saying because I think these last two episodes are they're almost perfect television for that Walker Texas Ranger desperado style of 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 television which is fine if that's what we would have had established earlier on like other seasons of first seasons of shows I've watched this year did you know what right. I'm saying yes I absolutely okay get what I'm sorry saying, to but, rant but no, no, I just no, that's had fine. to that's fine you're allowed to that's what we're here for but two points kind of off of that is that one um do you think that and you don't have to answer it immediately but just one do you think that the build-up to how awesome these last two episodes would have worked if not for, I would say, again, not filler, but you need some kind of build. You know, it, that, that just like goes back to classical storytelling. Battle of the Bastards doesn't work if you don't have those episodes. If you just lead off with Battle of the Bastards, then you have something like that in every episode. You get used to that and that doesn't work. Now, that's fine. But again, I think the show did a very good job of establishing that's not what it was going to be. But also kind of add to that and kind of add to the overall point of how Filoni, besides literally being christened by Lucas as his sole successor during the Clone Wars because this is something that not a lot of people know. Lucas actually worked very closely with Filoni during the Clone Wars when they were doing it back in the day. And this is why Filoni should have taken over Lucasfilm first because what he did with the show and I'll admit, like, like there, there's definitely become a little bit of a distinction between Filoni's Star Wars and Kathleen Kennedy's Star Wars. This is literally no joke. This is how much I got from this one season of television is that just in this one episode alone, there were references back to Clone Wars with the use of the dark saber. I didn't think I was going to see that again after how it was utilized in the Clone Wars, but seeing Mark well, when he cuts himself out that, of yeah, that was cool. Yeah, literally yeah. no joke. The last time I saw that was when Maul killed Prey Vizsla at the end of season five of Clone Wars, and then had it taken from him when Sidious captured him when they fought him on Mandalore. That was the last time I saw that saber. Because remember, I haven't watched Rebels, so just learning that, seeing again. The, the, the establishment kind of giving us finally some answers 
to the Mandalorian, how the connection with Baby Yoda has been established. And I know it's not Baby Yoda, but that's who it is. That's what the internet has officially christened it. Get over it. Um, yeah, get over it. Uh, friggin', again, the, the <laughs> stuff with the armor, the IG droid. Again, and again, I'll admit a little bit part of that is Taika because this is probably one of the first episodes of TV I've seen. Look, it's no secret that unless a director is directing an entire miniseries, director styles don't usually always stand out when it comes to TV. But Just the look minute that I saw the banner between those two stormtroopers at the beginning of this episode, that's how I know. I'm like, okay, yeah, this is a Taika episode. But, and I don't know if the focus on the IG droid was Filoni's decision or Taika's decision, but if I had to guess, it's probably a collaboration between those three because they got Taika's on board. Taika at this point with what he's done for Disney is probably almost to the level, not quite to the level of Filoni and Favreau, but he's probably almost to the level, you know, and Favreau obviously got to know him through the time in Marvel, you know, they were both just recently in Avengers Endgame, um, and just everything that I feel like I've gotten from this finale just solidified to me, not necessarily that this is Star Wars, but that this is Filoni Star Wars. And this kind of goes into, if I'm going to open up a little bit about my personal attachment to Star Wars, we've talked a lot about different people's attachments and what Star Wars means to them and how the fact of why Star Wars is such a universal topic, product, whatever, piece of media, is because it's one of the few things that everybody can look at and get something different from. You can't say that about a lot of movies because even the Marvel movies, which I'll admit, again, you hate, I enjoy. But what I'll say is that the, the one thing that I will say that I cannot dispute with anyone is, yeah, they all feel the same. And for the most part, they accomplish the same thing and they do the same thing for all the people that like them. That's not a bad thing, but that's one thing that I do have to say is that at the very least, I enjoy it as one overall story, but is not a lot of variety in there. And that's fine, but I do acknowledge that. What I've always enjoyed about Star Wars, I'm talking from the original Star Wars all the way until now, at least from what I've seen with the animated shows, because again, for me, it's primarily been that, the movies and the animated shows. That's about it. I haven't read the books, I haven't read the comics, but what I've liked is to me, I'm just talking with each individual movie, good, bad, I get something different from them and there's a unique voice to them. Even in the original trilogy, because, because again, the most consistent thing in this entire series has been the prequel trilogy because that's the only trilogy that had one overall director, one overall vision throughout it. And even that trilogy, I find there's different things. I put Phantom Menace next to Attack of the Clones next to Revenge of the Sith and to me, those are three different movies and I love that. Same thing with the original trilogy, same thing with this new garbage trilogy because as bad as it is, and oh man, was it bad. At the very least, I can look at Force Awakens and I can look at Last Shot and they work so well together, weirdly enough, as kind of like one is kind of like this grand overall like kind of ode to nostalgia, while one is such a harsh deconstruction of nostalgia to the point of where, yeah, you thought that was great? Fuck you. This is what actually happened. Literally, like the way that those two work in tandem while Talk also about Ryan being, Johnson. Yes. While also <laughs> being so different. I knew and that. I just had to clarify like for one. You get something like Solo. That, to me, is what Star Wars is because Again, if we're talking about how Star Wars is the ultimate pinnacle of cinema, I've already told you about my thoughts on cinema and what cinema represents to me. And so seeing now kind of Filoni enact the vision and get something that quite frankly he should have gotten four years ago, that to me is what has made this special and what has made this stand out to me. Because it may not be exactly what Lucas envisioned, but to me, it sticks the closest to home as to what Star Wars is, while at the same time still creating its own brand new something that adds a little bit of something new to this ever-expanding universe. Okay, I can see all that, and that, that makes sense, and I can that, that makes me understand your opinion, and appreciate even a little more i think like how you feel and, and act about this ip and so in regards to your initial question like what did you ask me you asked me something <laughs> yeah, about a bit of um, there. Uh, do you think that the last two episodes that, that those action packed would have worked without the build-up i'm not saying that the individual episodes were good because you know i had just as much problems with yeah, specifically yeah. episodes four through six um but because i even said it because funny enough in terms of the filler i even called it before you did with episode two where i'm like yeah that was a good episode but that still felt a little bit like filler you know yeah like okay. in, in typical star wars fashion i mean you can attest to this more than anyone i had hope at first and so with that being said like i don't want to really answer that question because i didn't write it so i wouldn't have a proposed like the only way to answer that question would for me to be like to write like a fan fiction script of how to get us to those last two episodes well, i guess i'm not I, I guess i worded it wrong i'm not saying like specifically from the writing perspective because i 
I, but again, to me, I, that that's how I think you'd fix that is I, I the right. I guess, so. but, but at the same time, I'm not like overall just in terms of like I'm not talking specifics. I'm just talking like again how you know from your understanding of how stories work. You know, establishment, build up, climax, de-escalation, ending. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, I think like the only real episode that that mattered much was like episode three in a sense that like it helped to solidify the right. tone of the show, the structure of the show, and also it introduced us to one of the key characters. But I'd also say that in a way, in a weird way, even with the bad episodes every one of these episodes helped to establish the identity of the show because whether you like them or not they're still there and they're still a part of what the show is yeah i mean they established the tone but i just don't think they added to the overall arc of this first season now with that with that being said speaking of this first season i found myself loving the moments more when our main cast wasn't on screen and when we had like the extras and even like sort of like background characters in play like I I can't tell you enough and this is going to switch the conversation a bit because we're about halfway through so I want to sort of dissect a little bit more about like the performances we saw uh, outside of just the first episode um I, I I think that Aside from Taiko Waititi, most of our main cast and Carl Weathers was great obviously um I think most of them fell short Wait, You didn't like Taika? No, I'm saying aside from him and Carl Weathers, like most of them fell short, really, really oh, short. Oh, okay, okay. So you didn't like most of the them. The performance, yeah, no, the performances were just. I mean, even in that moment when they they took the helmet off uh, and, and and he patched him up, Pedro I mean, Pascal, yeah, I, I felt like I felt like the the, the pacing was all wrong there. It, it, it's like go and watch any classic war movie, go and watch fucking Platoon or something, and just like you know that moment where like he's about to die and uh, you know they have to leave him and then the helicopters come and explode. Like study that moment and then execute that scene right because you had something there and I just don't think you pulled it off. I mean that because that, that's like what is the memory of of the last episode for me i think that's like the oh the shell shock moment oh shit he took his helmet off is he gonna is he gonna do that again in future seasons like if that's what we're watching for i'm worried but i'll still right. be there because and, and i understand because those last two episodes were strong i understand absolutely where you're coming but from again kind of the game again the, my big pro, my biggest problem with the the not game of thrones but the fan reaction to game of thrones where they're only watching a oh who's gonna die next you know that shit that i hate it's like you're not watching it for the story you're watching it almost like a sports event you it know? dilutes the art in exactly. my opinion it dilutes it and I absolutely understand where you're coming from I guess in that sense to me that didn't feel like something like just a moment that was there that to me felt naturalistic and especially because they even explained it you know but I, again, a little bit explanation heavy I'll, that's the one criticism I will give you is that they kind of did just drop a lot of information like oh Cara Dune she was from Alderaan and I'm like oh that's cool uh, you know I, I was hit by the revelation I'm like oh shit that's cool because to me that added so much more to her character and in terms of you know why she went again doing what Filoni does best playing around with our already pre-existing knowledge of Star Wars and using that in order to help fully flesh out our characters. That's what I like. What I didn't like is how it was delivered. And I don't like how we're only getting all this stuff about this guy now. Where, yes, I love the mystery of the character, but at the same time, I feel like it definitely got a little bit lost in some of his episodes. Kind of just distracting on these weird-ass missions when we could have gotten into into more interesting character stuff. I don't think they, that that is the one criticism that I will give you. They, I don't think this show did a good enough job of balancing character with story. It was a little bit too hesitant on world-building. Now, that's fine. Like episode seen, four? Right. <laughs> episode four and five to me. Those yeah, are the yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I think I agree. you like episode four a little bit more than me, but episode five, that was the... No, actually, wait, no. I was okay with episode I hated four, but that episode was the first... That's right, you're right. I thought that it was, was the, one the dumbest where I episode was like, of the entire show. Oh, God. So What's happening? Because I, I again, episode two, I was like, oh, okay, it oh, wasn't a I mean, bad episode. Bill but Burr it was, was no better. Filler. He was no better in my opinion. But I mean, at least that episode offered an open-ended thing where we might see those two characters that escape come back in later seasons. Right. So at least That's we have that to look forward Holy to. shit, they never, they never answered the thing from the end of episode five. Where yeah, man, I, look, oh just because I don't like it doesn't mean I don't no, pay no, you're attention. Right, you're right. But <laughs> and so yeah, so that. But uh, but again, that but just because that there were problems again, again, a lot of explanation, last-minute ep- exposition that felt like last-minute exposition. I don't like that. Uh, that's that is a trope that I am not a fan of. But what I did like yeah. is, even though it's there. The, the emotion I feel like it still shines through on the moment where it's like, again, a little bit too forgiving of the droid, a little bit too like sad to see him go. But I did understand and I got the decision of where like, okay, I'm understanding he finally got over his hatred of droids to the point where now he's actually sad to see this droid sacrifice itself in order to help them escape. So can I break down the, that sentence you just yeah, said? Yeah, yeah, sure. So basically, all right, I'll give you half of that as as the impact they wanted to have because what you just said was i think like what they 
because they kind of forced those feelings on you. So like he did break it down. It was a little bit forced, but it still worked. I'm saying it worked on me. To me, it half worked, and here's why. So I think that we realized that okay. He has won the trust over of this droid. This droid saved him. And so we, we saw a little bit of a change of heart. But they for sure forced the feeling of sadness in there when they exposition read to you, I can tell you are sad because my programming says you are sad. It's like... Droids that, are very, very good exposition devices. And, and, and you know, going back to, to film school earlier, you don't have to go to film school to know about good film. So... But here's how I here's something that I can use as an example where I recognize the fact that wow this that that reminded me of a line from one of my student films that I probably watched when we would all go and present them in class at the end of the semester after we work on it all semester where they're just trying to force that moment on you that that that's where I was brought back to which I don't think you should be brought back to when you're watching a Disney Star Wars production you know what I'm saying so like yes I actually was like oh, cool, you know what? That was like an interesting change of heart. He, he's Maybe we'll see next season him let his guard down a little more with droids. I would like to see this, this baby make him a little softer but still be a fierce warrior. I was like, cool. This is like, okay, episode nine, or episode eight, sorry, you gave me interesting territory that we can explore, so I'm gonna watch next season. And then as soon as I had like that moment of like, cool, Things are going so well. Let's just watch them end this because I think it's going to be a great ending. They have to just like stab me in the side just a little bit just to remind me that I'm watching the fucking Mandalorian and not like classic George Lucas Star Wars. You know what I'm trying to say? Because it was a great episode regardless, but like, God damn it. And I'll tell you that, I'll tell you one scene where I feel like there was way too much exposition and that just completely took away from the feeling that it was trying to accomplish, which is when they met up again with the armor, when they went into the sewers and they found all the Mandalorians dead, which was a very powerful moment. Forgot about that too. That was a very powerful moment. I will admit, seeing all those Mandalorians stacked up, because again, a thing that I feel like it was not well enough done. It was very well established, not well acted upon, which was his connection to this last bit, this last creed of, um, uh, what's it called, of Mandalorians, which again, dropped in a few sentences of exposition in episode three too, but again, it's like, man, if we could have seen just a little bit more of his connection to this creed, Rather than just hesitant on world building and bullshit mission after bullshit mission after bullshit mission. I get it. That's what the show is. That's what this season was. It was world building. But man, oh man, what I would have given to cut out those that bullshit episode four and five. I would have taken an entire flashback episode just to show us his training with the Creed. You know, yeah. I get it. That's not what the structure of the show is. But God damn it. Why the fuck couldn't we get that? Why do we have to get, oh, the armor just explaining away the entire relationship with them and how now he's destined to protect this child? Which, again, is basically setting us up, again, if I'm going, if I'm kind of taking your a little bit, it's kind of setting us up for more of the same, of just him going on random missions mm-hmm. protecting this kid. You ba- know? Basically, they told us that they the rest of this show, told us what the is, show is gonna be. gonna be just that. And I'm hoping it's not, and- but at the same time... And to what you just said, why couldn't our episode six be like episode six of Watchmen, where you watch Regina King's character go back and further solidify her motivations? There's a way to do world building while at the same time furthering the story. I don't understand why it is that so many of these creators get stuck in one world building, only world building, only character, only story. It's like they never can put the pieces together in order to make sure that all three of those things are working together in order to form one cohesive thing. I get it. It's difficult to do. Making film and writing this shit is difficult to do. But come the fuck on. You're professionals. You should know this stuff. Right. And I'm not saying... I could do a better job, but we're not here to create this stuff. We're here to critique it right now. So with that being said, I want to sort of transition to like the last real beat of the show that that worked for me while we're in, I guess, the more positive section of this episode, although it doesn't really really feel like that. But, you know, I've been the biggest guy of on the podcast, but also in in our, our hanging out over the past few years of I hate the goddamn recycled, predictable Disney comedy beats. But you know what? I actually felt that because there was like a little less of that in this, the moments they chose to do that were actually, actually very made tasteful. More, way more poignant. And and one scene that I think they actually really nailed it on was the opening cold With open. Those two stormtroopers. Yeah. That was because it wasn't like your generic, like um um, you know, 
you had the same scene in in Civil War that you had in Force Awakens where um, Kylo goes up to the stormtrooper. Do I talk first? Do you talk first? Or whatever oh, that oh, scene with, was. But with Poe, yeah, from Force Awakens. Oh, Poe, yeah. And yeah. then you also had that with Iron Man and Captain um, uh, in Captain America. Like essentially the same type of wait, fucking wait, wait, back wait, and from, forth. From wait from Civil War, what scene? Uh, it's it's in one of the Avengers movies. I just remember like seeing them both in the same year and being like, oh, that that trope again. Oh, it would have been Age of Ultron then, because Force Awakens was the Christmas of 2015, and Age of Ultron was our That's movie the that fucking year. Civil one. War you know, was, I just yeah. yeah, I try to brain dump all that shit. But but so like that was actually original humor. So if you want to have humor in Star Wars, at least have your own voice to it. And I think that's really cool about and the, this show. And the show. funniest part about that... It felt like it has the funniest, its own voice. The funniest part about that point that you just brought up is the fact of... Again, I was a little Funny. bit... I was confused by it at first, but then I remembered. I'm like, oh, wait. Taika's directed this episode. Taika's worked with Disney before. He definitely sat down with Favreau. Again, both of them, Marvel Marvel veterans. Favreau with the first two Iron Man. Taika with Thor Ragnarok. And they basically sat down and they definitely had that scene planned out. And like I said, Taika's humor... For the most part, again, it's been more on the hit side for me than the miss side. Again, loved, loved, cannot stress enough. If none of you guys have watched what we do in the shadows again, oh my God, what are you doing with your life? Watch what we do in the shadows. It's basically the office, but with vampires. Oh my God, it's one of the greatest things since sliced bread. What? Yeah. I gotta watch that. Oh, I'll talk to you about it after. Okay, talk I've to me about that I've afterwards. definitely talked to you about it before. Um... Thor Ragnarok, again, the biggest thing about that movie is, again, weirdly enough, my problem is not the Marvel humor. My problem is with Taika's humor because I think with that movie, Taika is trying a little bit too hard to subvert rather than actually be meaningful jokes. To me, the jokes in that movie feel too... That's probably the only Marvel movie that I would say the jokes are distracting to me because they do feel... Because it feels intentionally distracting. With with both Jojo Rabbit, though, earlier this year and with that opening scene in this episode of The Mandalorian, let me tell you something. Oh, man... He's got it down. I don't know what he did. I don't know if he's restrained himself. I don't know if it's because he's working with other people. But whatever the case, he has nailed his balance between humor and having it flesh out the scene. And I'm guessing a lot of that is also coming from Filoni as well. Because, again, it's including so many fucking jokes about, like, that's another thing that I kind of low-key love. Is, is Filoni has kind of gone out of his way in this show to kind of point a little F you at Stormtroopers as well. As much as Filoni loves the clone troopers, he despises stormtroopers like with a burning passion like he's made fun of the fact of especially this episode too i feel like was oh that was they, hilarious the shootout really where they didn't hit their a single thing sucks it gets cracked by a fucking wrench they they're again they're just regular guys who just bullshit when they really don't have anything to do they're, they're fine they're trying to shoot at a fucking can and they can't hit anything they made multiple jokes previously about how stormtroopers can't hit shit and so i think that that was just hilarious in and of its own right again i don't know how much of that was felony and how much was taika but whatever the case may be that right there that team up right there was like perfection that's the stuff that i'm like okay that's the stuff i'm glad disney gives us but yeah yeah so so with that being said i mean i f- i feel personally that i've sort of run my course on, on talking about this show um and if you're okay with it unless you have something else you wanted to bring up I- i'm cool with sort of wrapping this up and and, and going to see uncle Definitely, Gems. yeah oh, okay. oh man oh, I-, I had boy. to drop that so they know oh, it's going to come up in man. some way shape you or form guys on this podcast that yet, you guys are in for a ride check out my review for it on movie nerd reviews on youtube not at all a shameless plug but so, and, and so with that being with said that being i mean said, would you like to take this first on i mean and, and, I, I guess just in terms of my overall wrapped up thoughts yeah i yeah. get it we have our thoughts on disney we know what it is and i feel like just even though we may not agree and disagree on everything again i feel like a that provides for better content because i've said this so many goddamn times the best content is not the content where people agree on everything to me that's just boring and repetitive the best content is where people have not necessarily opposing points of views but different points of views again going back to the original obi-wan from a certain point of view you can call it basically straight up (laughs) lying but whatever um and uh yeah again again, because that creates for interesting conversation because when you have those two opposing point of views and people who are open-minded and want to have discussions about this even if they don't agree at the very least they can come to it and have an open-mindedness and with the mandalorian i feel like even though yes it may not be the star wars that we deserve but I feel like for right now, in this climate that we're living in, it's the Star Wars we needed, for better or for worse. And so with that being said, I guess if I'm giving it my overall star rating, again, not one of my favorites of the year, especially not after, the uh, after because again, I feel like it went downhill significantly for the pilot. Again, to me, it's not a situation like Watchmen where I'm struggling hard to figure out what my favorite episode is. With this one, to me, the great episodes, one, I still like that pilot. I, I know you don't, but I still like that pilot. One, three, and these last two episodes. And in terms of the filler episodes, two and six 
were the ones that were the most bearable to me. I'll admit six was more so just because I liked all the celebrities that they had in there. Um, and what's it called? And just for the fact that they had Bill Burr in there and it wasn't just like, you know, obnoxiously Bill Burr, like Bill Burr, I feel like fit the tone, even though that was probably the biggest celebrity cameo that they had that didn't feel naturalistic to Star Wars. And two, I enjoyed for what it was. Four and five to me were just the only like really just painful to sit through episodes, you know, just in terms of overall, but overall as a cohesive unit, um, again, I'm, it's not a four-star show, but I'm going to say this is a three and a half. Which, again, considering from Disney and what we've gotten from them over the last couple of years, I'll fucking take it. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I, I can tell you right now that I was not uh, at all, um, I guess, put under a spell by the star-studded cast in episode five. If there was a good performance... Six. Yeah, six. If it was a good performance, that, that would have been a different case. But as far as I'm concerned, that episode can uh, politely go fuck itself. Now, with that being said... I actually am going to come at this from a perspective that you probably didn't expect to have, and this is why I, I sort of like to save it for the podcast in our talks throughout the course of the day. Now, episode eight and nine, as we like to use on the show as a terminology, the word dynamite, that's what those episodes were. They were straight dynamite minus a few mishaps, which we discussed. Wait, you mean but seven and eight? Yeah, sorry. I keep thinking Watchmen because it was obviously the better yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, Tune in to the top 10 episode next season to find out more of our thoughts or just go listen to the previous Watchmen episode, which we uploaded on Wednesday. It is still available on Anchor and Spotify and all of the others places where you listen to your podcasts. Yeah, pl please go listen to that one. And so with that being said, like, you know, I'm going to, in typical Star Wars fashion, I'm going to put my hope in this series because, like you said, it's all we got right now. That's that's working on some level not saying it's it's an amazing level okay, compared but to the movies yeah so i'm gonna put my hope in this series because there were some saving graces there that i i think you know gave me enough to not be so embittered by and to sort of lighten up a bit by so so with that being said i think i am looking forward to season two but as your parents probably said to you as, as you were little kids, I mean, I know that I got this before, a bunch of times. You're walking on thin ice, buddy, so you better clean up your act. And uh, so with that being said, I'm going to give it a three out of five. And is that the same rating you gave I it? I gave it a three and a half. Three and a half. Okay, so I've been a little lower than you on these TV episodes. But that's because I expect a lot about TV. You know, I'm the TV guy. Yep, and so, are. So with that being said, you guys are our audience, and we just want to thank you once again for listening. We appreciate you giving us all your time in, in, in these past three months that we started this show. It, it, it really does mean a lot. And, you know, if, if we don't hear from you sooner, have a safe and happy New Year's. And, uh, Dom, why don't you uh, sort of tell us, tell them where they can find us, find yourself, and uh, you, you know the rest. You know how the show closes well, out. Well, you know, if you've been listening to us these past couple weeks, you'll know that we're on Anchor and Spotify and Apple, Muse, Apple Podcasts and all the other places that you listen to podcasts at Talking TV, no G, or Talking TV Podcast. It's one of the two. And you can also follow myself on YouTube at Movie Nerd Reviews across all platforms. Instagram, Facebook, YouTubes, all of the above. I just finished uploading. I have two videos left in my fall review series that I did. I just uploaded my Uncut Gems review today. Tune into that. And uh, yeah, just an overall kind of a closing point. Our last episode of the season before we get into the new year, the new decade, the new everything. Like This is a, this is unknown territory that we're about to enter. So I guess with that being said... And, and where can they follow? Follow that unknown territory. Like, there's social media links for the show, right? Oh yeah, I just said it all across at Talking TV across all the platforms. Anywhere Facebook, that matters, right? Instagram, any place that matters. And Talking before, TV. Before Type I in those words into your browser, you'll find it. Cool. Yeah. It's pretty neon. It's hard to miss. It is. It is neon. It's pink and we all that. We worked hard shit. on that logo. We did. We made it ourselves. Yeah, we I, did. And I'm very proud of it to this day. Now, with that being said, you can find me anywhere that matters as well at Christian Ivanko. It's just my name. Don't wear it out. I make music. Look up my band, The Stash. That's at The Stash, N-Y, as in New York, S-T-A-S-H. You know how to spell the. I hope you know how to spell the. And uh, it's just like we're putting our all into to all of our creative projects. Follow Dom's personal YouTube. Follow my band and, and keep joining us here every week because we're, we're looking forward to um, what Dom's about to talk about, which is the new year. The new year. 2020. Can you say 2020 is now a thing. Bro, I didn't even think I was going to make it past 2012 in high school. And here we are about to enter 2020. What the hell? So I guess yeah, with that scary. being said, with the normal wrap-up, some things change, but other things always stay the same. Watch more fucking movies. And in this case, TV. TV.